Could we stand one more time? I want to read a verse, uh, scripture, <clears throat> a couple verses here in First Timothy chapter number one. It says, this is a faithful saying. Chapter 1, verse 15. And worthy of all acceptation. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And Paul says, who I'm the chief, I'm the biggest sinner of them all. Verse 16. Howbeit for this cause I, Paul, Obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering. Aren't you thankful for the long suffering of our Lord? And it's for a pattern to them, to us, which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Folks, this world that we're living in, it's nothing but death. But we're going to a place of everlasting life. Amen. Now unto the King eternal immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Let the church say amen. Amen. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. This is my message to you today. Jesus came to save me. Jesus came to save me. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, Jesus came to save me. Don't point to yourself and say, Jesus came. Tell yourself. It's okay to talk to yourself. Jesus came to save me. The old song says, it's not, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother, it's not my sister, but sometimes it's just me standing in the need of prayer. It's not my pastor, not my deacon, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my mother, it's not my father, but I need you, Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. Jesus came to save me. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We ask, Lord, that you would touch every soul today. Help us to understand that you came to save us. We love you, Lord. We glorify the name that's above every name. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's a faithful saying. It says, and you look up that word faithful, it means to convince by argument as true, to persuade. It's a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. It's to convince by an argument as being true or to persuade you or to have some inward certainty. And it's my desire today that I can convince you that Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. He loves me. I want you to make it personal today. We love our brothers and our sisters and we pray for one another and, and we come and we help each other in all different areas of life. But sometimes you got to just take time out for me. Amen. I want to convince you that this statement is true to persuade you, to give you inward certainty that you would with all acceptation or to receive it 
with approval. Paul put it this way. He said, I am persuaded. Nothing can separate me. Not death, nor height, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things that are present, nor things to come. Height, depth, any other creature shall be able to separate me. Nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. If God be for us, church, who can be against us? Paul was persuaded that nothing was ever going to separate him from the love of God. I want to convince you to say, today to persuade you to understand. I know it's a simple thought, but a lot of times we don't receive it. We don't think that we're good enough. Amen. We need convincing. Even in the Old Testament, Joshua come and said, you know, choose you this day. It's a choice whom you're going to serve. Decide who you want to serve. In, jo- in Deuteronomy chapter 30, it says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore, choose life. It's like he said, over here, I'm going to give you life. Over here is life. And then over here on this side is death. Over here on this side with death is cursings and, and over here with life is blessings. It seems like a no-brainer, doesn't it? What are you going to choose? But he even tells us what to choose. He says, therefore, choose life. Make a determination. Make a decision. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life it seems like all through the bible though it's just trying to convince us this great thing that god has done for us amen he's come to us but all the time it's trying to tell us it's high time to wake out of sleep why do you tarry amen when they knew god they glorified him not as god we have this great opportunity to choose That Jesus came and died for us on Calvary. Amen. He came and gave his life for us. God prepared himself a body that he would come. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have this everlasting life. We need to get, if we could just get a glimpse of Calvary today and what took place there upon that cross as God manifested in the flesh went to the cross for your sins and for my sins. Jesus came to save me. In the second chapter of that same book in verse number three, it's almost like Paul's repeating the same phrase. It says, for this is good. And acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Who will have all men. Everybody say all men. That means all mankind. You're not excluded ladies. All all mankind. Who will have all men to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. Everybody say one God. And there is one mediator. Between God and men. The man. Christ Jesus. Or the flesh. Who gave himself a ransom. He paid the price. We were held hostage by sin. 
But he came and gave himself for the price that needed to be paid. Jesus Christ paid the price. He came to save me. A mediator, it says there in verse number five. It means that he's a go-between, a reconciler, or one to intercede. The person who helps settles a dispute or a conflict between two. And we needed somebody to come since the fall in the garden. We have all been born into sin. And Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Jesus came to save me. He's the mediator. Hallelujah. As a mediator in a dispute, the mediator comes to restore. He comes to reconcile or to bring back to the table, if you will, to bring back the communication and to draw near once again. Jesus came to restore. Sin had separated us. But thank God, hallelujah, he came to restore that communication between us. Even in the Old Testament, God had formulated the tabernacle plan for people to be able to have their sins forgiven. And the children of Israel once a year would come and bring a lamb slain and offer it. The, the high priest would all, uh, offer this lamb on the altar of sacrifice. And then after he would offer that sacrifice, he would go to the brazen laver and he would wash, symbolizing baptism for us. We come to that altar when we die out to ourselves, when we ask God to forgive us and we repent. That's the altar of sacrifice. But then the brazen laver is where we get baptized and then we enter into the holy place, the the Holy Spirit that comes into our lives. Hallelujah. But inside that holy place in the old tabernacle was the golden candlestick which gave light and the table of showbread that the priest would eat of to give them nourishment and the altar of incense where they would send up worship and praise and adoration. And then right before the end of that tabernacle tent, there was a veil that was put there and only the high priest could go back in there once a year and offer the blood from the sacrifice upon the mercy seat for them to have the forgiveness of sins. But in the New Testament, and that's the old covenant, we find that the altar of sacrifice, that Jesus has become the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. We are baptized in the name of Jesus. And as you enter in the holy of holies or into the holy place, we find that the golden candlestick, that Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the bread of life, that showbread. Jesus is who we pray to and send up our prayers. Hallelujah. And the veil that separated mankind from the presence of God is nothing less than the flesh of Jesus Christ that was torn apart on that cross that day that ripped in two when Jesus said it is finished and that we could all enter into the presence of Almighty God. Jesus has come 
to restore. Hallelujah. And the blood applied to the mercy seat is the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the blood? Hallelujah. And as we look into the word, Jesus has become the high priest. Jesus is the sacrifice. Jesus is the mercy seat, hallelujah, and Jesus is the judge that's going to judge us, hallelujah. He's come to give his own blood for us, and we can come boldly into his presence, hallelujah. The Bible tells us that all power in heaven and earth belong to that name. I've, at the name of Jesus, one of these days, every knee is going to bow. Hallelujah. They say that we're Jesus only, but in reality, we are Jesus everything, folks. Hallelujah. That's why I like that song. They said, I speak Jesus. Hallelujah. Speak Jesus over our family. We speak Jesus over our lives, over depression. We speak Jesus over fear that would try to come against us. Hallelujah. And Hebrews tells us let us therefore come boldly into that throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need hallelujah not when you have everything laid out not when all your ducks are in a row as they say not when you're doing the right things all the time but when you have a time of of need. Is there anybody here today that has a need? If you have a need, then you are a candidate to come to this mercy seat. He says, come boldly with confidence. First Peter chapter five says, casting all of your care upon him for he careth for you. He wants you to bring your burdens. He wants you to bring your life to him. He wants you to bring your sicknesses to him, your troubles, all these different things. He says, come and cast them upon me. He wants to restore that relationship, that communication that Jesus is bringing us back into. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16, it says, this is the covenant or this is the contract that I will make with them in those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that the Lord forgives us of our sins? Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. You don't have to bring a... Uh, a lamb unto the altar today you just have to bring yourself hallelujah jesus has already paid the price he wants you to know that he died for you hallelujah he came to save me having therefore brethren boldness to enter into this holiest by the blood of jesus by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil into the in, that is to say his flesh and having a high priest over the house of god let us draw near the lord wants nothing more for us to do today than to draw near with a true heart and in full assurance acceptance we don't have to come wondering if he's going to accept us we don't have to wonder if he's going to forgive us he wants us to come boldly, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 
He has prepared this way before us. He's restored unto us that relationship. And the invitation that he brings to us, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Are you feeling unrest in your life? Are you feeling unrest in your soul? I want you to know he was saying, come unto me, I'll give you rest. Are you heavy laden? Is the burden getting hard? I want you to know that Jesus is saying, you shall find rest for your souls. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. Jesus is calling for us to come unto him. He wants to take your life unto him. He wants to take your problems and your stress and your burdens and your fears and everything that we have and are bottled up within us. And he says, come and put it upon the altar. I'll give you rest for your souls. Hallelujah. But the devil keeps us from coming. The devil tries to tell us that you can't approach God, that you're no good, that you're too far gone, that you can't be reached. The devil is a liar, the Bible tells us. Don't believe him. He's a liar and the father of lies. And if that's not enough, our heart will condemn us. But First John chapter 3, verse 20 says, If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart. Hallelujah. Your heart even will tell you you're not good enough. I want you to know that's why I'm trying to convince you today to kind of stress on today that Jesus came to save me. It may not fit into all the voices that are going off in your head. It may not even feel like it through all the voices going off in your heart that you're able to do that. But Jesus is wanting you to know that he came to save me. He came to save you. Hallelujah. He's that great mediator that came to restore this communication between us. Come unto me, he cries out. Hallelujah. And the second thing that he wants us to know that he came for was to remove. That's what a mediator does to remove any misunderstandings. And Jesus wants us to know without misunderstanding who he is. The Bible tells us here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. First Timothy chapter three, verse 16 says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world and received up into glory. Make no mistake about it. The one who came was God manifested in the flesh. He didn't send a second person of the Trinity to come and died for you. No, the Bible said he prepared himself a body. Hallelujah. First John says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Hallelujah. And the word, the Bible says, was made flesh. Or the, that word dwell means he tabernacled with us. The same as in the Old Testament when they had to tabernacle as a place, as an alternative for the forgiveness of their sins. But he says, I've come to dwell in you. Hallelujah. And to tabernacle among us. Hallelujah. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It was God himself that came 
and died. He's the mediator between us and Himself. He made a way. God's a spirit. He's omnipresent. You can't see God, but He prepared Himself a body. And we see Him in the face of Jesus Christ. He also wants us and reminds us that God loves you. For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When did Christ die for us? When did God love us? When we were without strength. When we were sinners. It's not when we have everything all together. Hallelujah. He realizes that. He wants you to know that He loves you. He wants you to know that He died for you. That He's reaching for you. Hallelujah. That He came. It's a personal. You know, I know that term is misused these days as a personal relationship with God. But it is personal. Hallelujah. It's not just church collectively. Just become you come to this church every Sunday that you're a part of the family of God. But know what makes us brothers and sisters is our relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. And so we come together as a family. Hallelujah. But God loves us. He loved us when we were without strength. And He loved us when we were sinners. And He loves us today. Hallelujah. You've not gone too far from the love of God. You've not done too much that you cannot be forgiven. Hallelujah. God wants us to know that He loves us. And the other thing that He would like us to know is that there is no condemnation. To clear up that mistake, that false belief that we are condemned. There is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The devil wants to put a guilty verdict upon you. He wants to tell you that you're guilty, that you're no good, that you're without help. But in verse 8 of that Romans chapter 5, it says, But God, hallelujah, the enemy wants to put a guilty verdict upon you, and we're deserving of it, but God... He commended His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Your sins can be remitted. Your sins can be removed. Hallelujah. He just simply says, bring them to me. Confess them to me and I'm faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Amen. Jesus came to save me. The third thing that the mediator does is he tries to work out results or to convey a message. Jesus said this in John chapter 10 verse 9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and he shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. He wants to convey this message to you today that you don't have to live below the means of life. Hallelujah. He's come to give you life and he's come to give you that 
more abundantly. All you have to do is just open that door. Hallelujah. That door that he says, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man will open that door, he said, I'll come into them and I'll have communion with them. I'll sup with them and them with me. Hallelujah. He says, I will give them life and that more abundantly. The world is going to look at us and they're going to know that there's something different about us because there is life within us. And that more abundantly. And they're going to go through their problems and their situations and their trials. And they're going to look at you and they're going to say, hey, I've noticed that you're always happy. I noticed that you're always upbeat. I know that you're always just trusting in your God. And it gives us the opportunity to let them know about a God that wants them to have life. And that more abundantly. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You don't have to live in bondage. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in distress in your life. Jesus has come to set us free. He's given us a new life. We become the new creature in him. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Hallelujah. That's a long time. Never. Amen. It doesn't matter where you go. The Bible said, the psalmist wrote, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I ascend up into the heavens, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there, your right hand's going to hold me. He's never going to leave us. Amen. He said, I will come unto you and I will not leave you comfortless. Titus chapter three in verse three says this. It says, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. We were disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lust and pleasures living in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, hallelujah, toward men appeared. We were sometimes lost, but God, our Savior, has to appear. Not by the works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing and the regeneration and the renewing, hallelujah, of the Holy Ghost. God not only wants to live among us in the man Jesus Christ, but he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to come to you. He wants to live within us, hallelujah, through the power of the Holy Ghost. Nicodemus come to Jesus by night and he said, you know, we know that you're come from God for nobody does these things. And Jesus looked at him and he said, you must be born again. If unless you're born again, Nicodemus, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? He said, no, Nicodemus, but you got to be born of the water, which is baptism. And you got to be born of the spirit, which is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Jesus wants you to be baptized in his name taking on his name for the remission of sins. Amen. He wants to come to live within you through the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence 
of speaking with other tongues. You can say, well, I've been a believer for a long time and that's okay. Everything that we've learned along the way is God just bringing us closer and closer to him. But Paul asked the men in Ephesians who were believers, he asked them two important questions. He said, how were you baptized? And he said, and have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, well, we were baptized according to John's baptism. And, and Paul said, well, John baptized for the baptism of repentance. That's a great thing. But don't stop at just repenting. Amen. But Jesus came to remit the sins. Hallelujah. And they were baptized. They were rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And Paul laid his hands on them and they began to speak in other tongues as they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to save me. Hallelujah. Jesus came to save you. Aren't you thankful for a Savior today? Hallelujah. 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 Can we all stand this morning? He did all the work. Except for that we have to be able the ones to come into his presence. He's not going to force it on us. He's not going to force you into his presence. But he beckons. He begs. Come unto me. He did all the work, folks. He did all the works. Jesus loves me. Doesn't matter where, how long you've been in church today. Doesn't matter where you've been. Amen. But Jesus, he loves me. Can you remind yourself of that one more time? Jesus loves me. He gave his life. He gave his all for us. He redeemed us. He did all the work. Except for you making that that effort to come into his presence. He came to save us. And I ask you this morning that if you will do your part and just make that effort, make that step of faith that says, Lord, I'm coming boldly into your presence. I have need in my life today. Would you come this morning as they pray? Don't leave here today without coming into the presence of the Lord, allowing God to move in your life. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, let somebody know we can baptize you today. If you need the Holy Ghost, there's people up here that will help you to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We believe in you. Pray, oh God, hallelujah, that you'll touch every heart, every mind. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
But then you walked right out again Now death has no sting And life has no end For I have been transformed by the blood 